Hey everyone, this is Dave Cruz from Flyber Labs, a podcast on business and innovation in the Midwest and beyond. Here you'll meet fascinating people and learn about new technologies and practices that will change how you look at life and business. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Flyer Labs, and today we are lucky enough to have Jeff Palmucci with us. And Jeff has a super interesting background. To be honest, it's hard to know what to include in this short intro here, but Jeff is currently the Director of Machine Intelligence at TripAdvisor, which we can talk more about, of course. And Jeff has also started several companies, including Automax Systems, which was acquired by i2 Technologies. And Jeff got his bachelor's from MIT, and he's been an angel investor for over 18 years and has run a hedge fund. So he's got lots of things we can talk about. So I invited Jeff on the show to hear more about his background, to hear what he's excited about now and what he does at TripAdvisor. So Jeff, thanks for coming on the show today. No, great. Thanks for having me. So let's, uh, as I said, you've done a lot of interesting things in your background and we won't be able to talk about all of them in detail, but maybe could you give us a, a little bit of an overview on your background for, so everyone can get to know you a little bit better? Sure, sure. I, you know, I'm, my background does go back quite a bit. Uh, I guess I started programming professionally at the age of 11. Um, <laughs> my my dad actually bought a uh, uh, an awesome IBM 5100 mini computer that he uh, put down in his office. He was an accountant. And I taught myself how to program on it. And uh, at the age of 11, he gave me a job uh, writing accounting really? software. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, you know, it, you know, it, it, I can't stress, you know, the importance of, you know, if you're your kid interested in this kind of stuff, get them involved early because, you know, kids just suck up this, um, you know, this, this kind of information really, uh, really quickly. And that, that really benefited from from having that opportunity. Um, uh had a bunch of geeky uh, jobs through uh, through high school um, with a computer background, and uh, went to MIT. Um, spent a lot of time in um, in various uh, labs, uh, Charles Stark Creative Labs. I worked at for a while, uh, government contractor, and the MIT Artificial Intelligence Laboratory. That's where I started, started my um, background in AI and machine learning. Um, after graduation, went to uh, Bolt, Baranek, and Newman, uh, another government lab where we did a lot of research into a whole bunch of different areas, um, machine vision, natural language, speech, uh, that kind of stuff. Um, did a couple of startups, uh, sold two of them, started up more of them, <laughs> but, you know, and not, not everyone goes well. Um, came back to uh, MIT, uh, went now, now at CSAIL and did a, a bunch of uh, research and question answering systems there, and uh, from there came on to TripAdvisor, uh, and like uh, I run the machine learning group here, um, and we do a whole bunch of machine learning projects across the various product areas of the company. All right, so in your past, I mean, I'm sure you've worked on many projects, and uh, I'd love to hear about all of them, but probably don't have time for that. So, do you have, you know, one or two, and it could be part of a company that you started too. Uh, one or two that were kind of most memorable or most meaningful, something that you learned a lot or, yeah. Yeah, so um, I've been pretty lucky in that um, a lot of the jobs that I had, um, you know, have been with really smart people and, you know, um, I was able to learn a lot in a lot of different areas like uh, BBN, uh, BBN Labs, which is my, my job right out of school. Um, we did government research and I did research into you know, machine vision and scheduling and 
natural language. And, you know, it, it was a really, really interesting place to work in that everybody there was, was very, very smart. And, uh, uh, you know, th- that's, that's where we spun our first company out of. So, um, the first company, Optimax, uh, that I was founder of, um, we did uh, production scheduling software. Um, we, you know, developed some tech technology at BBN and for various, uh, uh, for various reasons, it wasn't really working uh, marketing from inside the company, so uh, we spun it out, and they got a chunk of the company. And um, um, you know, we we were able to uh, we were able to make a commercial success, success out of it. Optimax um, was was an interesting company because uh, it was more operations research than machine learning, and that uh, we were working on um, scheduling you know large factories, right? Okay. So. The first, the first job that we ever had was uh, uh, was John Deere uh, planters, uh, and the thing about planters, uh, you know, the, the things that you drag behind the tractors, they put the seeds in the ground, um, is they're all different, right? So every single order is just a little bit different. So it really matters how you schedule these things going down the assembly line. Uh, so we had this, you know, nerdy algorithm that we developed at uh, at BBN and uh, took it out and installed it there as a, as a scheduling system for the first plant and. and just just put the scheduling system in place. The throughput of the plant went up fifteen percent. Wow! Um, just, just with software, <laughs> That's right? Crazy. Um, and and after uh, the software was also very good at calling out constraints that they had, um, uh, yeah, physical constraints in the plant that they had. Uh, so after they fixed some of those, they went up forty five percent. Um, so yeah, no, it was I guess crazy. Got the contract, yeah, I guess that. Wow. Yeah, no, we got the contract, <laughs> and then we rolled through the rest of John Deere, right? Oh my goodness! Everybody talks out there. We rolled through Case, and then we rolled through um, Volvo and GM, and um, wow. you know, uh, after four years, we sold the company to uh, to I two, um, who's who's more manufacturing in the planning space as opposed to the scheduling space. So it was actually a pretty uh, a pretty nice acquisition. Uh, all around. And, so, yeah. And I'm curious what, and we don't talk the whole time about this, but what were the, the inputs and how, you know, how did you adjust, you know, how did you get that such huge increase just from software? Well, see, you see, if you think about how things roll down an assembly line yeah. and how, especially when they're all different, there's going to be different sub-assembly lines that are stressed more or less based on the different products they go through. Um, so, you can by by just arranging the products as they they go down the line, uh, you can try to load balance between all those subassembly lines and keep things running running very smoothly. So if you think about let, let's say that I got a, like a twelve row planter and another twelve row planter, you know, big ones yeah. going down the line, it's going to really stress this one sub subassembly line um, a lot, and they're going to get they're going to get backed up, right? So because because there's no inventory between these these stages, it, it just holds up the whole line and causes a problem. Uh, you know, and and th- this particular plant was was a really uh, uh, it, it was revolutionary for them in that they just rolled the planters uh, off the assembly line and right into trucks. You know, at the at the lot, there was no I- inventory at the end, so that made the scheduling problem even more interesting. That you know. Um, there, there were all these there were all these constraints flying around, all these things that you know humans human schedulers would have to keep track of, and you know humans just aren't really good at keeping track of all these little details. Uh, and computers are very very good at keeping track of them. And we were just able to you know we were just able to help those guys out and um, make the make the plant run a whole lot smoother. Huh. So yeah. interesting. So, yeah, 
So how do you get the inputs? Did you use their existing software, or did you like? So it wasn't. So it wasn't really a machine learning problem. This particular one, it was. Uh, it was more. It was just scheduling. So the inputs were gotcha. um, the orders that were coming down the line, yeah. uh, how they stressed the various subassembly lines, and and you know, you know, different constraints on how things should flow down. You know, this one shouldn't be close, shouldn't be too close to this other one because. Uh, you know, because this is the cell assembly would get overloaded, and you know, it was it was very interesting because the workers would get around and negotiate over uh, over the constraints that that would go into the system, and there was it was it was really interesting teamwork, uh, <laughs> in that in that you know they could they could put constraints in the system and build the schedule, and you could see how things would would kick out of the schedule because you know people were overloaded, and, they, and you know they would they would iterate and say, okay, well I guess we could do this if you you know with, with these changes, um, and you know it was it was a really it was a very successful project. Interesting. Yeah. And what, what was the other company? Yeah. I didn't mention that one that uh, you started and eventually sold. Uh, that was um, Precipio Capital. Um, okay. So yeah, that, that that was a hedge fund. That's the hedge fund. Um, okay. So. Okay. That, yeah, so so after um, after we sold uh, Optimax, I, I was there for I guess four more years at I two, um, and then me and my business partner started doing research into machine learning, uh, and we found some algorithms that that did very well in a very high dimensional space, um, uh, and you know so it was kind of like I had a hammer in search of a problem, um, and uh, we're we're, we're we looked around the Boston area, hooked up with these uh, um, uh, finance people, and uh, built a hedge fund around the around the algorithm. Um, you know, hedge funds are an interesting um, and challenging place to do machine learning uh, because you know the the difference between making a lot of money and losing a lot of money can be like you know fifty one forty nine percent. You don't have to be right a lot. <laughs> right. If you're just right just a little bit more than average, then you could just make a ton of money. So therefore, you know, everybody's trying to take these signals out of the market, right? So uh the signals get, you know, more and more challenging as 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 more and more people look at it. Um so a lot of a lot of what I learned in uh uh, in the hedge fund space, space is, is is how to counter uh, the kind of data snooping that's kind of prominent in the area, right? So, in other words, you, you you look you look at a, at a set of data a number of times, and you're going to find the signal whether it's real or not, right? Mm. Um, and you know that's that's especially true um, um, that's especially true in in finance, where all, all sorts of people have all sorts of different theories, and they they throw stuff up against the wall until you know something sticks and 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 go with it. And if you don't if you don't have good back testing procedure, you can really fool yourself into into thinking you have a uh, a signal where you really don't. Uh, Interesting, was it? So that's very different from from you know where I am now, uh, TripAdvisor, right? Because the TripAdvisor, we don't we we have so much data, it's just crazy you know if, if we want another test set we wait a week and we have another test set you know so uh <laughs> Wait, so did you uh did you was it stressful did you enjoy running the hedge fund or? uh so it was stressful in that area okay uh, in that in that time because um uh this was when the the great recession was starting okay um so the reason why we pivoted was was simply because the the, the um you know the market tanked, and no new fund could raise. I mean, we we had some money under management, but no new fund could really raise, uh, really raise any money. And even though you know we were showing some reasonable results, um, we just <laughs> we just couldn't survive on on that kind of uh, 
management. So we actually pivoted uh, into um, uh, into internet marketing, right? And uh, Presidio Capital is now a job case. So um, uh, it's still a very successful company. Yep. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you mm-hmm. pivoted to the job. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So what uh, – yeah, and I, I, I suppose the hedge fund is kind of the ultimate in competition in the sense that uh, everyone has their algorithms out there all trying to best – each other yeah and you notice and you notice if you look at the stuff with for any reasonable amount of time that the the market changes you know uh there's there's regimes where the market behaves one way and that we we were we were doing mostly commodities trading so this is market that i'm talking about um and uh, and and then bang it it flips a switch right so we were running this one you know we were running this one fund and um uh running for uh, six or seven months uh, and it was it was doing okay, and uh, we noticed that some of our stats that we used to watch, uh, you know, to, some some of the stats we calculate were going into like two or three sigma territory, and we're like, oh, something's wrong here. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so we yanked the fund, um, and fortunately, uh, we did that because you know after after the signal started to go haywire, the uh, the market the, the market tanked like ten percent. Um, oh. So it was oh my yeah. So, so, so sometimes you win by not playing the game, you know. I guess, I guess, board yeah. games was one of those. <laughs> and uh, well, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the smartest people know when to take the money off the, the table. And uh, yeah, yeah. What? Uh, so, how would you come up with ideas and then test those ideas? And then, how would you know that you did back test it properly? Well, I mean, well, okay. Well, back testing. Um, uh, you have to be very careful with backtesting. So, in other words, you need to keep a set of data um, aside, and, and, and this is with, and this is with really all machine yeah, learning problems, yeah. not just finance. It's, it's, it's just a lot harder in finance because the signal is so, so much weaker. Um, you need to keep a set aside that you do not touch um, until until you're ready to take the product to market, um, and, um, and 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 then you know you, you run it the once, and then. For every time you run you run against that data, you've got to realize that there's multiple comparisons going on there. And if you just if you just take you know do Brownian motion like just flip a coin, you know and um, and say okay, 50 percent of the time I'm going to go up this day, and 50 percent of the time I'm going to go down this day, and you know do that three times, you're going to have a fund that looks pretty good, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's 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 very you know your your funds are your. Uh, Machine learning models in this area are very sensitive to uh, those kind of multiple comparisons, so you have to be very careful about that. Yeah. Uh, and and how do you come up with new ideas? Like, you know, would you just sit around like, hey, we should see if this correlate, if this commodity correlates with this index, or, or yeah, how do you? Uh, I wouldn't even know where to start. Uh, there were there were yeah, so there were there were a bunch of trading signals that we used for the commodity funds, uh, and I guess I could tell you um, right now because uh, we we took it out of the market, but. Um, so if you, if you have a bunch of traders that, um, are following a trading signal and the trading signal is all telling you to do something like buy, uh, for the, God's sakes, don't buy. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, the, the, the technology uh, that we were using was not really a neural network. It was a very, um, it was a rule induction system. Um, so you can actually see what the, uh, what the model is pushing. So there's, there's a certain amount of, does this make sense? Um, that, that went into it that you can't really do with deep learning right now. 
mm-hmm. but but there's a lot of other machine learning techniques where you can, where you can't do that where you can't take that kind of version. Just have to be careful about your back testing. Uh, and you know, all machine learning uh, is even even the deep learning where you know inside that deep neural network, nobody really knows what's going on. You're, you're putting together a structure that you think can be successful, right? So um, you know, in any successful model, you've got you've got to know the domain good enough that you can um, uh, that you can hypothesize that this particular model structure will work and, and then test it. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about TripAdvisor, your current role. Sure. Can you tell us uh, kind of well what your role entails now and your your focus areas are? Sure. Uh, so the machine learning group here is is pretty interesting in that. Uh, uh, we kind of consult to other group, other product groups in, in the company. So uh, we've done, you know, we, we do a lot of work in a lot of different product areas. Uh, we've done work uh, with uh, review fraud detection, uh, a lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, we do work on uh, organizing our site search results, so uh, ranking the results. We've had a lot of successes in that recently. Um, query understanding, so you know, if uh, if somebody types in you know, Chicago pizza, are they looking for pizza places in Chicago or are they looking for a, a restaurant named Chicago pizza, uh, doing, doing that kind of parsing. Uh, we do a lot of uh, classification. So, uh, you know, we have over 300 million reviews right now. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a huge amount of information about the different locations that we have uh, in our, in our database. So, you know, when, when you go to TripAdvisor and you ask to show all the romantic restaurants or all the, uh, Italian restaurants or all the, you know, business hotels or all the family friendly hotels. Uh, those are actually all machine learning models underneath there, uh, that we train based on votes that we collect from our users and the underlying review text. Hmm. Um, so there's, there's lots, there's about 300 different models right now uh, making all sorts of decisions about, uh, uh, uh about our, uh, about our locations that's all driven by machine learning. Interesting. And before we get too far, oh, I was gonna say before we get too far, do you mind just giving a, a brief overview on TripAdvisor? I, I most people probably know it, but uh, in case they don't, <laughs> yeah. So, so TripAdvisor is the number one uh, travel site on the web. Um, you come to us when you're looking to plan a trip, and um, uh, and looking for interesting places to go, um, uh, where to, uh, what, what hotels are the best, and uh, you can get their yeah, get their prices and book on TripAdvisor. Uh, we have millions of restaurants uh, online. So if you're once once you're on your trip, and or even if you're home uh, and want to find a, a good place to eat, we have uh, millions of restaurants with with uh, tons of reviews under those. Uh, and also we organize. We have a lot of information on attractions, so things to do. You know, once you, when you're on your trip, what what are you going to do when you're there? Uh, we have a lot of information on that stuff. And you know, machine learning uh, in this particular domain. Uh, is a really interesting problem because you know you're trying to you're trying to organize the information on the site for somebody that's going somewhere who doesn't really know too many details about where they're going to. You want to help them discover, uh, you know, discover their perfect trip, right? So um, you know, a lot of the work that we've done in machine learning is trying to organize stuff on the site so that we can surface interesting things to our users. Right, so um, uh, you can you can we'll, we'll cluster things so that in, in interesting ways so that you know if you're looking for a hotel in New York 
Um, are you interested in Trendy Soho Hotel? Are you interested in seeing Broadway shows? You know, we, we try to, we, all, we use a bunch of machine learning in order to try and surface these relationships so that when people are tr- taking their trip, not only they can, can they judge the quality of a particular location, but they can, you know, discover uh, interesting things to do once they're in jail. Yeah. And, and how do you do that? Do you, um, you know, you have a ton of people, like you said, a, lot, a large amount of data. So if, like Dave, you know, maybe I like going, I love going to Manhattan, staying at the uh-huh. Marriott, and I like going to these certain restaurants. So then do you take that information and be like, oh, well then, you know, another. Yeah. So, so, so let's, so let's say that you, let's say that you're looking for a restaurant, you know, a lot of machine learning goes into, well, what type of food are you interested in? You know, what, what, what's your price range? Um, you know, all that stuff is, is very hard information to come, come by in a catalog. Yeah. Right. But we have a we have millions and millions of <laughs> awesome users that 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 give us this information, and and TripAdvisor through machine learning and, and through just real curation um, helps organize this into you know in, into an actionable plan, so that you can go and find the place that you want. Um, uh, we're working on a lot of um, uh, we're working on a very interesting problem right now. Uh, which is, you know, once you're in New York City, you know, sure, you, you found the restaurant that you want, you found the hotel you want to stay at, but what are you going to do um, when you're in New York City? You know, I'm, I'm in town for the weekend. Uh, how can I find some interesting things to do um, to, to really see the town? You know, and this is this is something that um, we think uh, machine learning is very applicable to because um, there's there's just so many different places in the, in the world to go to, and we have all this... Uh, we have all the all this information that people are talking about uh, places, and and using machine learning, we can surface uh, interesting um, things that people are talking about. So, they can find them. so where would you? So let's say TripAdvisor just brought brought you into the company. They don't have anything, no machine learning yet, and they're like, "Hey, we want to do you know get better at discovery. You know, be able to tell people what restaurants to visit, and you know, match their interests with what mm-hmm. restaurants." And so how? You know, from how would you kind of start a project like that and get it up and going and um, bring that data together and yeah, can you kind of describe how that would? Yeah, work? so I mean, there, there, there's a couple of different projects that that, that help that that um, help do that, right? So uh, we talked about the classification um, uh, examples uh, where, let's say, we're interested in finding all the romantic uh, restaurants in New York City, right? Yeah. So uh, you know we we have we have um, many hundreds of uh, many millions of users um, that you know fill out these uh, fill out they write reforms, forms you know to give us reviews on all the restaurants and, and attractions whatever in in New York City. Um, well, at the end, let's ask a couple of yes no questions. You know, is this a romantic restaurant? Is this a um, you know? Is this a family-friendly hotel? You know, whatever we're interested in servicing that we think people are interested in looking are looking for, uh, and then we can use that data as a label set in order to in order to predict for new locations um, whether those relationships still apply. So that's a that's a very powerful way to get some very uh, generic um, groupings of places in. Um, on site, right? So yeah, yeah. if I'm going out for a date, I can find something romantic. If I'm, if I got a bunch of kids, I can find something kid friendly. Um, but there's, you know, the, that's, that's pretty much straightforward, um, natural language, uh, regression that we use for that. 
Um, the uh, some some of the interesting stuff that we're working on now is uh, some of the keyword summarization stuff. So if you go to a uh, restaurant uh, on the site uh, and scroll down just above the reviews, you'll see a bunch of keywords that we identify, um, and those keywords are. Um, are, are meaningful, you know, so, uh, there's, there's, there's some machine learning work that goes into deciding, well, Central Station really isn't a thing in New York City. The, the word you're looking for is Grand Central Station, right? Um, so trying to identify phrases that have meaning or, or conceptual meaning. Uh, and then once you, once you identify those, you can do all sorts of statistics on them, right? So what is this particular restaurant known for? Well, uh, let's find the, let's find the concepts that surface more often in this restaurant than the surrounding ones. Uh, what is what is New York known for, right? Um, you know, uh, Broadway pops up, right? And, uh, all the various Broadway shows. Um, so, um, you know, just 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 simple. Once you identify these concepts, um, just simple counting. You know, we use Spark to count over you know our millions of reviews, uh, so it goes pretty quick. Uh, can get can get you a lot of interesting things to surface. Um, so so yeah, check check out the site and check out the keyword. Well, that's pretty interesting way to explore. Uh, another thing we're working on now is is grouping places together, right? So uh, you can find. Um, uh, are you familiar with the word DEVEC? It's it's a like a, a it's a it's a way to translate the, the there's a way to translate words uh, uh, into a vector which has meaning in it, and um, we're using uh, we're using a derivative of that to try and group places together. So we can look for common themes in the various different cities and try to surface those. Um, it's, it's really interesting That's stuff. And, and, you know, yeah, yeah. That sounds tough, but uh, sounds, <laughs> it sounds, uh... so are you, yeah, are there's, there's actually there's a lot of, a lot of the stuff is written about on our blog, engineering.tripadvisor.com. Um, in fact, the last two projects I talked about are, are written about there. People are interested in checking it out. Great. No, that's good. Yeah. We should put a link to that on uh, our site and and so are a lot of these models you know because you have people are continually rating and adding comments are they you know adaptive models you you have uh underneath or oh yeah yeah they are okay yeah so so uh so like when when we'll first train a model um you know we'll typically have very few labeled points um and we'll use the model. Uh, we we won't use the model to actually label stuff on the site, but we'll use the model to guide where to ask the questions next. But let's let's take a quick example. Um, I hope I'm not going over too much. But let's take a quick example. Let's say I want to <laughs> let's say I want to find all the vegan restaurants in the world. Okay, how many vegan restaurants do you think there are? Um, there's not that many. <laughs> so you can't just randomly start asking, "Hey, is this a vegan restaurant?" Uh, you know, to every user, you know, "Hey, is is Morton Steakhouse is this a vegan restaurant?" You know, you'll get a bunch of no's, uh, bad data to train on, right? And you'll look like you look like an idiot to your users. Um, and so, what you want to do uh, is guide the questions, right? So we'll 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 look we'll search through all our reviews for the word vegan, and we'll start asking the vegan question on those places, and then we'll build a model using that data. And then using that model, we'll roll out um, where we ask questions um, uh, down the road. So the model may notice a correlation between hummus and the place being a vegan restaurant. Uh, and then we'll start asking on places that, that have the word hummus in their review text a lot. Uh, and, and in that way, uh, you could have the machine learning model kind of creep outwards uh, to find all the vegan restaurants in the world. So it's, 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 it's kind of an interesting process. And, you know, it's totally crowd-driven, right? So... Um, 
you know, we don't have to put together any mechanical jerkers or anything like that. Uh, our users, not only there are there much, um, much more of them and are, they're very, very helpful, but they also know what they're talking about, right? So if you're, if you're filling out a review, uh, for a particular restaurant and you ask that person, Hey, this is a vegan restaurant. Well, they've just been there. So they know, right? Whereas if you actually try to get, collect this data online, uh, you're going to do, you're going to be doing your research on the web. And that, that's kind of error probably You haven't actually been there. Um, so kind of an, kind of an, kind of interesting way that, that you can use crowdsource data to infer all sorts of oh, interesting yeah. stuff yeah. about locations. Yeah. There'd be, I think a lot of machine learning researchers who are, uh, probably a little, uh, a bit jealous on the the amount of data you have. That's, that, that's uh, well, they should they should give me a call because we're hiring. <laughs> that's right. There it is. That's the plug. That's good. Um, and uh, yeah, so how I many you? Uh, I imagine you have lots of models. I think you mentioned you know hundreds. So how how do you know? You know what what algorithms do do you use, and which ones? Uh, how do you know which ones to use based on what problem? Um, Okay, so one of the well, one of the things about the group here is that we try to be very very pragmatic, and the models that we use are going to be the models that work, right? So we're not really tied to any particular product or anything like that. So um, the classification that I was talking about just now that's that's all written in Spark, um, and you know, I, I tried to use MLlib for for a while, but it just didn't quite fit the problem, so I wound up putting my own kind of gradient descent, descent optimizer, but um, uh, you know that 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 was that was a, a particular uh, particular solution we needed to write because we're dealing with millions and millions of reviews, right? Um, but we'll also use R and Scikit-Learn uh, to do models that can fit in memory. Um, we'll also you know we'll also use uh, Elasticsearch for kind of uh, a network analysis. Um, uh, you know we'll basically we'll basically use what works, right? We're not really married to any any particular technology. Gotcha. Okay, but like yeah. within R, another uh, I don't know if we use Python or another language. You know, how do you know which uh, which algorithms to even start with um, based on? I guess I mean well, classification algorithms. Um, so I suppose you could start there. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you you, you know you get you get a feel for these things as you know from experience, right? Yeah. So if you if you if you're trying to build a classification model. Uh, and there's lots of nonlinearities in there. Maybe, um, maybe use a sport vector machine with 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 uh, an RBF kernel or something like that. Um, if you think it's a pretty straightforward model and you want to really understand what's going on, maybe use logistic regression. Uh, you know, there's there's some models that you know sometimes you'll you'll need a deep learning model. Like there's there's one example of this uh, this person here that built a a uh, model to try and identify uh, circumvention. So you know if you're if you're on a vacation rental and you you know you're you're uh, you're listing um, uh, you're listing somebody's property, you want to make sure that they're not trying to game the system and just you know get out of paying the fees if we if we actually get them the sale. Um, so we actually built a deep learning character model, which was kind of an hmm. interesting approach, in that you know. Uh, the the deep the the features that the that the deep learning network learned were words, right? But there were but there were all sorts of different ways that people would try to game the words uh, so that it would get past the regular expression filters that we used, and uh, we had a lot of uh, good success at that. And of course, you know, 
the deep learning is very good for for the vision systems that we're playing around with now too. Um, what, what vision, you know, we had you said vision systems. Yeah, yeah. What so visions? I mean, we've got. Yeah, what are you working on in that space? Um, so we don't really have anything in production yet, but okay. we're we're uh, playing with some very interesting stuff. Like, uh, you know, we have we have all these restaurants um, online. Um, uh, find all the menus so that we can we can make sure that. Uh, you can get to them before going to a place. You can check out what they have. Um, if you are uh, doing a filtered search, so let's say I'm searching for sushi in New York, right? What kind of pictures do I want to show to the users? Do I want to show just the random pictures of the front of the restaurant, or do I actually want to show the sushi? Um, that's something. That's something that we're going to try out. Interesting. Um, you know, and, and then there's just and then there's just quality. You know, there's 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 a lot of you know millions and millions of places. They're listed, and sometimes we don't pick the best photos. Um, um, you know, we, we do we do a lot of that by hand, but the volume is just too great sometimes to um, uh, to get good uh, good listing photos for everything. So we're working on models to try that too. Yeah. Cool, and and I think we're coming uh, to the near near the end of the interview here, unfortunately. But I I do I I think I read that you're a photographer. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I'm a concert photographer. I've been doing it for several years now. Yeah, nice. So I shoot for uh, New England Music News, and uh, they will rock you. dot com. Are you serious? <laughs> really? Yeah, yep, yep. Wow. So mostly, uh, mostly hard rock. Um, oh, cool. Uh, although tomorrow I'm shooting Jake Bug at, uh, at the House of Blues in Austin. Wow. Uh, folk, folk guy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. You know, I, I got into. Uh, photography many years ago and a friend of mine who was a concert photographer invited me out along a couple of gigs and I just kind of went from there and uh, I got quite a portfolio now it's kind of fun yeah. you know it's photography photography is an excellent uh, hobby for nerds um, because of the electronics she uh, <laughs> can, really, right. can really geek out the electronics and all the all, all the uh, image processing stuff um, and, and still satisfy an artistic scratch you know <laughs> yeah, definitely. Have you uh, photographed uh, any con uh, super memorable concerts that you that come up that you remember? Uh, let's see. I, I've done a lot, so I've done. Um, <laughs> so I've done. I, I do a lot of a, a lot of metal bands, right? So okay. um, uh, we 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 went out to. Uh, so there's this um, uh, there's this uh, festival that goes on in part of Oklahoma each year called Rocklahoma. Um, and we've done that several times where we just road tripped out there and, and oh, wow. it, it's just, it's just a lot of fun as a concert because every, everybody there is really freaking dedicated to having a good time. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, I shot, I shot green day and had, uh, wow. um, uh, had him like leaning over the stage with his guitar at me. It's, you know, it, it's, cool. um, yeah. <laughs> I've shot some of my idols from when I was a kid. I shot Judas Priest, right? Oh no way! Wow. <laughs> they got when they came around. Yeah. So no, I, I've you know it's it, it's fun. There's there's a you know it's I think I've got a pretty fun hobby. I'm kind of lucky I fell into it. Do, do you? Uh, and this is probably a stretch, but do you think your that that hobby helps at all with machine learning? You know, um, I would like to say that uh, all the stuff that I know about image processing helps me with the machine vision. Yeah, but the right. truth is, I don't know what the hell's going on inside these networks. <laughs> yeah, you know, fair enough. Fair <laughs> you enough. just you just string them together, and wow, it kind of works, and that's kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, and that's how. Uh, yeah, that, that's the the beauty and the 
so kind of the issue of uh, <laughs> deep learning. But um, okay, interesting. Well, let's see. I think that pretty much probably does it. Um, I guess. Well, I I am curious. To, sometimes I ask the interviewees, "Do you have a, you know, when you look back in your career, any uh, major mistakes, any any life lessons that uh, you can think of?" That, yeah, uh, I could. I could think of. I could think of one. Um, you know, sometimes you have people that aren't working out for the team. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I think the uh, the instinct uh, for anybody is to try and make it work out as hard as you can. And you know, sometimes that just isn't the best thing for the team. Um, so you know, there, there were a couple there were a couple of mistakes that I made um, where I was too slow to take action on a. On a that wasn't doing well and you know i think it kind of hurt the team as a whole um fortunately fortunately nothing uh, nothing here so <laughs> okay well, that's good, that's good. The, the, yeah, live, yeah. live and learn and hopefully we can live yep. now we can learn yeah yeah <laughs> but but you know sometimes sometimes you just gotta you know do the painful thing you know so nice all right well this has been great and i definitely appreciate your time jeff and uh hear about what you've done and what you're doing so it's it's, it's pretty pretty fascinating Great. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Definitely. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to another episode of Flyover Labs. As always, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. Thank you.